It's 7.45 in the morning when we join Jack Farrell and his wine chat. Here again on this, well, 67 degrees uh, today. It's it's not going to be as hot as we uh, when we spoke to you last week, Jack. Good morning. Glorious Saturday. Really no question is. about it. Perfect. Yeah, perfect day. I thought today, I, someone asked me during the week, whatever happened to Australian wines? Well, nothing happened to Australian wines. Australian wines kind of went out of favor uh, with the wine critics around the world for a while. But I'm glad to report the Australian wine business and industry is alive and very, very healthy. Uh, but it did have a hiccup because the wine critics and people like that began to refer to Australian wines as critter wines because of the popularity of yellowtail and little penguin, etc. And what happened with these big conglomerates that they introduced this Australia, they flooded the market with a lot of very, very inexpensive Australian wines that weren't very well crafted. And they kind of went out of favor. And thank heavens they're coming back. But a lot of, you know, we always talk about all the technology that's coming out of California. A lot of the ideas and creativity in the wine business today comes from Australia. Because, you know, their growing season down there in Down Under is opposite of ours. So they've frequently, Australian winemakers, go around the world to visit other places in their, uh, when they're harvesting. And they're full of good ideas, and some of the schools in Australia, while probably don't have the stature of U of uh, University of California Davis, they do indeed uh, present a lot of wonderful ideas to the wine trade. You know, Australia owns the name Shiraz, and they've deliberately done that, much like Argentina has with Malbec. Uh, Syrah is a grape that's grown all over the world. But Shiraz generally is just Australian. However, that's been changing. A lot of people call their grapes Shiraz to capitalize on the popularity of that uh, grape type from Australia. You know, they have a very interesting history. Australia started out as a penal colony in the late 1700s. And the very first ship that brought uh, those prisoners to Australia had wine vines on them that they had picked up and the Cape of Good Hope as they stopped there to reprovision in the very tip of South Africa. And so vines have been there a long time. But it wasn't really till the 1850s when a lot of settlers came to Australia, and a lot of those settlers were farmers where they really began to grow wine very, very seriously. Uh, Australia has about a half a million acres of wine under cultivation and produces millions of bottles of wine every year. They're the largest exporter to the UK. They are the largest exporter to China. And uh, it's just a a wonderful area. The best wine area from Australia is Southern Australia, New South Wales, uh, Victoria, uh, Tasmania, etc. And the two big wine cities are Melbourne and Adelaide. In fact, Melbourne is such a pretty city in my opinion, that if it were a little closer and not so inaccessible, I wouldn't mind having a house in uh, Melbourne. It's just that pretty a place. Half of the wine produced in Australia is Shiraz and Chardonnay. And to be labeled a varietal 
in Australia, it has to be 85% of that variety. In other words, if it's a Chardonnay, it has to be 85% Chardonnay. But Australia is also very, very new to the wine industry because up until 1970, and let's face it, that isn't that long ago, uh, half of the wine produced in Australia was fortified wine. And after the 70s, they began to get out of the fortified wine business and get into the table wine business, and they've done so with a vengeance. They always made table wine, but they never made it in the quantity that it's being made today and shipping it around the world. Uh, as I said, the, those half a million acres uh, produce something like a billion bottles of wine. And the wine is really very, very good, particularly when you get to that middle level of Australian wines. Uh, get a steer clear of the in, real inexpensive, and they do a good job on those inexpensive wines. I'm not demeaning them. I think they're well-crafted, and it's hard to imagine a wine that well-crafted for a low, low price. But some of the wines, you know, Australia makes a wine called Grange. It used to be called Grange Hermitage, and Grange is probably um, a top Top, top, top of the world of wines. It'd be right up there with Lafitte Rothschild and with Chateau Petrus and Cheval Blanc, etc. And it has won, I think, over 50 top wines uh, awards, where it was the number one wine in the world over 50 times. So that's a a big, big record. The wines are very expensive from uh, Penfolds Grange. Uh, but it, it, it's a complex, interesting wine, like I say, that would rival Petrus or, or one of the great Bordeaux of the world. And it's called, it was called Grain Germitage because uh, of the uh, amount of uh, Syrah grape that's in there. And, you know, the best wine they claim of the Rhone Valley is Hermitage, the top of the hill. And uh, Grange is just one of those wines, if you have the opportunity to ever taste it, don't pass it up, because it truly is one of the greatest wines in the entire world, and it comes from Australia. So with a pedigree like that, they have to make some very, very good wines, and they do. Uh, Another area that Australian wines are kind of good at, uh, in my opinion, and it gets overlooked, is Australian Rieslings. Their Rieslings are generally dry, and they're very, very good with Pan-Asian food, as you might suggest. And that's one of the reasons Australia is so popular in China, is Riesling is their number one export to China. And, you know, the entire continent of Australia, all of the states produce wines, each one of them. But the best, as I said, comes from southern Australia, uh, they also have a, a, a wine that's called uh, GMS. It, it's Syrah, Grenache, and Maduvre, uh, and it's a blended wine. And so, you know, they, they not only produce uh, Shiraz in Australia, they produce Chardonnay, they produce Sauvignon Blanc, they produce Pinot Noir. You name a varietal, the Australians produce it. And they produce it economically, and the wines really are very, very good and quite delicious. Like I said, they have a, a, a checkered history, and don't forget they're brand new at this. They, up until 1970, half, half 
of their production was fortified wines, sherries, ports, and that type of thing. So table wine, uh, being the predominant wine of Australia, is a relatively new experience. And like I said, these Australians, as they travel the world, bring with them great ideas and uh, enormous uh, winemaking skills. Uh, the wines of Australia shouldn't be overlooked. They really are uh, wonderful wines. You know, the, the uh, New Zealand is another area, of course, we can talk about that another time. But New Zealand's pretty much the same. You know, the table wines uh, didn't catch on there till the mid to late 70s. And uh, today, very, very many people use uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc as a benchmark as to how Sauvignon Blanc should taste worldwide. And that same thing is true of Australia. You know, So I think if you've given up on Australia, give it another chance. Uh, go back and try it. The wines are really remarkable. Uh, you, when you're producing a billion bottles of wine, you've got to be doing something very, very right. And they are doing something very, very right. You know, one of the interesting wines of Australia is one called Koala Ranch. And it's interesting, this Koala Ranch, uh, the label was developed by a Minneapolis ad agency, Cole McVoy. And that label is a koala bear, but it's made out of two dots and a wine glass. And the, the label received a Clio Award, and you can see the first label, I think it's in the San Francisco Advertising Museum. And Koala Ranch is a modestly priced uh, Australian wine, about $9, $10 a bottle. And it, it comes in all the flavors, Chardonnay, Shiraz, Cabernet, etc. And uh, it modestly priced, and it shows you how good modestly priced Australian wine can be. So... Uh, don't sneer at critter wines, and as the wine critics around the world refer to Australian wines as. Uh, they really are some very, very interesting wines and worthwhile wines to try. You can't produce in a country a wine like Hermitage or Grange Hermitage uh, without producing a lot of other very, very good wines. So whether your favorite is a Chardonnay, a Merlot, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, Riesling, etc., there's something there from Australia. And there's a lot of excellent, not just uh, Grange, but there's a lot of really, really uh, terrific wines. The Hill of Grace, Derenberg's Dead Arm, Torbeck are higher-end Australian wines. And by world standards, those higher-end wines are still pretty inexpensive. Most of the ones I mentioned are under $100, and they compare with wines that you'd get from France that would be several hundred dollars a bottle. So, like I said, don't overlook Australia, sneer and say they they don't produce very good wine. They really produce very, very good wine. Just give them a second chance. Yeah, give it a give it a go. Well, Jack, I know exactly if the folks stop in any one of the Haskell's locations, they can get all the help they need, whether they're wandering through Australia or wherever. Indeed. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wines. They love to pair wine with food. While they can't prepare the meal for you, they can ensure that the meal is perfect when the wine uh, choice is just ideal. The folks at Haskell's are not only knowledgeable, 
but they're available to help you pick a wine that isn't going to break the bank. So stop in. You save big dollars. We've got our summer sale is roaring right along right now. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars online during the summer sale. Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen, Excelsior. Haskell's in Faribault, right off at 35. Our super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. In Minneapolis, we have free parking in downtown today. Minnetonka, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury as well. Haskell's are the wine people. If you can't come in to Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com and, or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the award-winning Haskell's website, and you can peruse our summer catalog. Well, Jack, Steve Thompson will be filling in for me the next couple of weekends. We are taking a, a bunch of folks on a good neighbor tour to uh, Utah, to uh, the, the, the Bryce and Zion Canyon, these picturesque places. But uh, Steve will take good care of you, I know. Utah has a lot of beautiful topography. Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll talk to you. Have a good time. Thank you. And uh, about three weeks from today, what do you say? I'll- you know what? I'm going to look forward to next Saturday, and I'm even going to look forward to getting a report on Utah. All right. Very good, Jack. Thanks so much, Jack Farrell from Haskell's.